I did. I, you, you had an opportunity. You could have. No. All right. <laughs> Fair. Um, what was I gonna say? So the the car wash that I go yes to keep on talking about um, car washes because it's a riveting conversation. The the car wash that I always go to by my house has the same things like it has the the vacuums and it's complimentary. All you have to do is like buy the uh, car wash and you can also like they have brushes and things to get in your tires and everything. Oh yeah, they didn't have brushes. That's cool. Yeah, I could have used some brushes. I got gross tire and hubcaps. But I didn't. They don't have the the mat thing at the one that I go to, which that would have be really nice to be able to like put your mat in and it would just clean it. That'd be yeah. Nice. I mean, it's not like it doesn't come out sparkling clean or anything. But, but it, it would at least it, get the junk off of it. I yeah, feel it gets like. like the grime off of it. So like dirt and stuff that's like caked on it from like when you're driving and you know like you just get dirt on the yeah. on the mat and so it cleans off most of that. Um, but then it's like. My mats are like weird and bent because it's an old car and like they just we didn't use the mats for a while and we left them like in the garage all folded up weird. And so when it when it would go through, it would like get caught and like bend up the inside of the mat. And it would it was that part was not great. So I didn't love using the mat cleaner, but I would have loved to clean my hubcaps because those are disgusting. I have another story. I made a list of things to talk about and then I'm going to talk about this one because I've I, I realized something about the way that I walk the mm -hmm. other day. You know, everybody has a walk. Yeah. Everybody walks like differently. Like I, I used to date somebody who walked on on his tiptoes. Mm -hmm. and, like that was just how he is. Like that walked on the front of his foot instead of the back of his foot. Or I, I did the same thing for a really long time and I still kind of do it. But so I was at work the other day and I, in my shoes, like all, you look at all my like tennis shoes. I have holes at the front of them where like my big toe is, like where it meets the, the end of the shoe. And I was just really thinking about like, why is this, why are these here? I don't ever remember when I was a kid having these holes in my shoes. And then I started like walking. And I was really trying to figure out what I was doing. And I realized that when I walk, I lift up my front toes. Like I, I flex them up the whole time I'm walking. That's weird. How do you balance? That's just, I, I, I mean, I eventually have to like put my toe down to like move and like push oh, but forward. When it's or, not doing... But when it's not, my, my toes are like flexed up. And so I do that all the time. And that's at the friction of it must cause the holes in my shoes. And then I tried to walk normally, like with my toes down and like forcing them down into the ground. And it feels weird. I hate it. That's fair. I mean, like you've been walking that way for years. I mean, now. it can't be. Have it, Yeah, maybe two years at the most. And so now I'm thinking that's how I like. Um, what, what is it called? Embody stress or that's how I like show my stress is that it's just lifting my lifting toes, toes wherever up. I go. I had this thing um, that I, I I could not sit down like I would get so anxious, even like just coming home. My when I was living with my parents, my mom was like, why don't you just sit down and calm down? I was like, I literally can't. I can't stop moving or I'm going to explode. There's a bomb strapped to my brain and it's going to explode if I sit down. Um, and so, I, but I would walk. And so when I walk, I walk on like the, the front pad of my foot. Mm -hmm. It's like um, toe heel instead of heel toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's growling, you little know, hungry stop, girl. I know, I'm okay. <laughs> um, and so I, I would walk like that. And so when I was younger, um, the backs of my shoes used to wear out because of the way that I would walk and it would like, it's like a flip flop. So the, the shoe would like flatten to the ground, but my foot would be kind of lifted. Oh, okay. still. Mm -hmm. And so it would like abraid the back of the shoe. And so now when I hit college, I was like, I don't get shoes that have like hard backs to them anymore. Oh. I only get shoes that have soft backs to them because otherwise they're going to like give, because like, I'll get blisters yeah. and um, I have to wear like, like heel high socks. 
otherwise I get blisters all up on my on my on the back of my foot um, because of the way that I walked. And I didn't realize that that was a thing until I got into college. And I was like, I got a pair of shoes that didn't have like a it was like a like a pair of woven shoes. It was it was just fabric. It wasn't any like plastic in the shoe. Mm. And I was like, this is the best shoe ever. And I was like, it's because my foot is not falling apart. Yeah. So. Well, this That's is media weird. for the intellectually impoverished. I'm Taylor. I'm Randy. And this is the podcast that enriches your mediocre lives. After that, just riveting foot talk. And ma- car talk. <laughs> and washing your car. This is, we're getting right into it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the best intro for this episode. This is, we couldn't have d- planned it any better. Yeah. So uh, this, ep- we're still doing the one that we, I said we were doing, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So this episode is uh, about action, heavier action. No, I've decided that we're going to change. We're going to talk about weekly episodes then. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're moving on. Skipping. Um, so. <laughs> what? Car washing and feet, feet directly yeah. to shooting people with guns. Um, I see the connection here. Yeah, you I don't? Think it, I, yeah, it's, it's very obvious how we got from one step to the next. Get step. I hate you. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Recognition, at least. Um, yeah, why don't you talk about your thing first? That's great, because I, I don't have anything ready for my thing. That's why I wanted action first, because you said you'd take the I'll take the point, the point on it, on but action. you... you you t- talk, tell us about your thing, so then I can then cut you off and then talk about and my thing for thirty five oh, minutes. Thank goodness, you know okay, how, that's great. how that's, I planned that. That was this one. This time it was planned and not spontaneous. Okay, great. Thank you for letting me in on that. That's what we were gonna do. Okay, great. So at the beginning of summer, I saw this movie. One of my friends had recommended it to me. It was called. Um, the man from Uncle. I was about to say the the Uncle from Man, and I was like, "That's not right." That doesn't sound quite right. Uh, the man from Uncle, and I have to look up who stars in it. Um, Henry Cavill. You don't know. You haven't seen it, have you? Hang on. I've not seen it. Henry Cavill is an actor, though. I know. That's the Witcher. And I think, yeah, and I think it was him that he was in it. And but here's the thing: is I watched it at the beginning of summer, back when I planned this schedule of what we would be recording on what days, and I was so excited about it. I loved it, and I don't typically like action movies. And this was a very like heavy action movie where it's like spies and everybody's double crossing each other, and there's love, and there's this. It's during World War II, I believe. I could be wrong. No, it's during the Cold War during Russia and um. America fighting, you know, the Cold War. That yeah, you the one about. where no and, one actually fights. Yeah, and then in, in, in school. <laughs> I, was, I was really excited about it, and now I'm here, and I don't... I, I'm going to read my message, or my... um, I'm going to read my letterbox that I wrote about it to try and jog my memory. The Man from Uncle, it was directed by Guy Ritchie, and that's why I watched it, was to figure out whether he would be a great director for Hercules. I'm obsessed with Hercules. Oh, because oh, cause he's doing the, the live-action Hercules yes. movie? This is why... Do I want to talk about this for action? I think... Okay, we'll get into it. But I want to... Let me, let me tell you who's in it first, okay? Hang on, I'm all over the place. I didn't think I'd have to talk this long. I thought Taylor would steamroll me by now. So it stars Henry Cavill. So anyway, I'm Army- talking about... <laughs> It stars Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, and Alicia Vikander. I think that's who that. Mm, yeah, sure. That's how you say the names. Uh, they did a really good job, and it's like a, a, a love triangle between the three of them, and it was really cute with the romance and everything. The action was really nice. Anyways, the whole reason that I watched it was because of Guy Ritchie. I found out at the beginning of summer that he was going to be read, or he's going to be directing the new live action Hercules. And as many of you know, I am obsessed with Hercules. Mm-hmm. 
Were and you I, wearing the Hercules shirt today? Which one are you wearing? No, I'm wearing my um, South by Southwest shirt. Oh, okay. The, where all of the people are praising the camera. Mm, that's a good shirt. It is a good shirt. I should have... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is I don't... I'm, I'm very particular, and I have a lot of thoughts when it comes to Hercules and who I'd like to, to direct it. I don't remember who I said I wanted to, but I knew that I didn't want the Russo brothers, and I didn't want Guy Ritchie. Because um, the Russo brothers and Guy Ritchie specialize in action movies. I mean, the Russo brothers, they've directed all, like a majority of the Marvel movies at this point, or the really big ones that yeah. have the large ensembles and mm -hmm. majority of the action. And Guy Ritchie is also known for all of his like action movies and things like that. So I wanted to test him out and see if he's going to do a good job. And it'll be okay. I just don't want it to turn into like a 300 or like a Sparta thing mm. or whatever those or the other Hercules that they've made where it's just purely action and him fighting monsters because that's not what it's about. It's about a boy who doesn't know where he belongs and finding where he belongs and finding love along the way. And I don't think either of them could do musicals either, which like that Are Hercules they doing this one as a musical? has to be. I don't know, but it has to be as a musical. If they cut out the muses in Hercules, it's it's all for lot. You're not getting my money. I don't care if if every if they cut out the muses, the the whole like the gospel singing that like brings the story along with them. If they completely cut out that whole, no, you're not getting my money for a ticket. I don't care if everybody says it's the greatest movie of all time. That is a core point that needs to be in there. But yeah, so the, watching um, The Man from Uncle, it confirmed my suspicions that he does um, really heavy action movies. But he also does a really good job of putting the comedy in there as well. The only real scene that I can remember from the movie is a boat chase where Henry Cavill is, he's he somehow escaped the chase and Army Hammer is in the boat fleeing the Russian spies or whoever they're trying to steal information from and he's just going around and around in this lake while henry cavill is off sitting in a car eating cheese and drinking <laughs> wine and that's just the funniest thing to me that he's like this he's about to die out on the water and no i'm just gonna have my just meat a little cheese. snack just little, a little little peckish little snack it, it was so funny and that's the only thing that i really remember from the movie so well yeah so action heavy media so that's um typically like you'll see spy movies or war movies um things of of that nature i need to put this away before i start making noise with it i'm not allowed to have things in my hands because i just fiddle with them and they make noise no. um so i'm talking about the terminal list which was put out on amazon prime video it was released over this summer mm -hmm. it rules it is so good and it's it's just it's an action heavy piece so it stars chris pratt um, who actually was like the one of the executive producers for the show. Um, it's based on a book by, I wrote his name down because I'm a prepared boy, um, by Jack Carr. It was written in 2018. It's the same title. Um, Chris Pratt actually knew. So Chris Pratt was in Zero Dark Thirty, which was a, uh, it's a movie about uh, killing Osama bin Laden. But through through that movie, Chris Pratt met a Navy SEAL and one of the one of that Navy SEAL's friends, who was also a Navy SEAL, was Jack Carr. Um, and Jack Carr wrote this book. And he said that while he was writing the book, he had Chris Pratt in mind for this You're story. You're kidding. Not kidding. Um, I and, don't see Chris Pratt as like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the show or whatever, but I don't see him as like barges into a room, guns blazing kind of person. I mean, he he destroys this role. He is so good in it. His performance is amazing. I went into it not expecting a lot. I've seen a couple of his recent pieces, and I, I wasn't 
it, you know, the Jurassic World whatever movie wasn't like his best performance. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't going in with super high hopes. But God damn it, he blew it out of the water. And it was an incredible performance. The story is about Commander Navy SEAL Commander James Reese takes his men on like a uh, like a like a hit mission where they're they're going to basically either capture or assassinate uh, a target. Um, and on that mission, they uh, get stuck underneath this sewer or inside of the sewer and like flanked from both sides, and all of the seals um, get like killed. And he's he and his friend are the only survivors. I don't want to give away anything because it's just like twist after twist after twist. So he and his friend uh, are the only two survivors. And it's when he gets home. Um, damn it. I got to give a spoiler warning because I can't give it like a small summary okay. without spoilers. You can't do a small summary ever, but okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Um, okay. I'm just going to do the first episode because that's basically like the setup. Yeah. Um, so small spoiler warning for the first episode. So he, he comes home, um, and finds out that, uh, Boozer had made it home before him and committed suicide. Uh, and then his, he he goes to get like a CAT scan. And when he's getting that CAT scan, he's attacked by masked assailants and he speeds home, uh, and finds his family dead. And so he thinks that there's this huge conspiracy going on that um, everyone is out to get him. They were set up, and now they're trying to silence him so he can't, you know, tell the world what happens or figure out what happened. And so they murdered his family to make it look like he was a crazy man who killed his family and ran to the hospital and killed a bunch of people. Um, But he didn't. And so the whole story is about him trying to get revenge on the people that he believes killed his family. Uh, And it's set up, it's like, I might have talked about this in another episode. I might not have. I think I might have cut it out. But uh, it's basically the the plot structure is you've got a question and then a twist and the question is answered with the twist and then another question arises. And so that sort of plot structure is like as this because the next question is higher stakes and the next target is higher stakes. So every single time that something is answered, something else is like asked of us, of the audience to be like, well, is he in the right? Well, is he going crazy? Well, you know, what was going on? Why were they set up? All this, all that, all that. Um, and that rises, as the stakes rises, the tension rises, and the action also rises until, like, the last episode when it's, like, full-on commando-type shit. But what's fun about it is that uh, James Reese, Chris Pratt's character, keeps flashing back to certain moments with his family and with his wife. Um, and those moments are sort of like grounded moments within the story. So a lot of the the story is spurred on by the actions that Reese is taking and the sort of espionage that he and his comrades are, are doing to figure out this story and figure out, you know, who was in charge of this. Um, but those moments where he's he's thinking about his wife and thinking about his daughter are a good way to bring us back to like, because it's it's action heavy movie has a lot of movies had the problem of like it's just action all action all the time and that seems exciting on paper but it usually turns out to be quite flat because if it's just action the entire time and you don't give your audience a chance to breathe and take in what just happened what they went through and what that meant for the characters 
you know, it's it's you're gonna lose a lot of the impact that the story could have. We are on one, one bar. Do you want to stop? Yes, I do. Okay. Cool. Let's. We're we're gonna <laughs> take a quick break. Take a quick and be break. Right back. Doing battery dosi do. And we're back. Okay. It's already on three batteries. I told you it's not, but three is better than one. Three is much better than one. I told you when I tried to use the battery first, it wouldn't like even turn the camera on. So I don't know how we got to a full battery in less than 20 minutes. Listen, man, sometimes battery good. Sometimes a battery bad. You never know till you try. Never know what battery you're going to get. But I'm going to cut you off before you keep talking because you were talking about action and the fact that some people overdo it by trying to make their movies completely action-based and not leaving enough room to have like character development and the emotional uh, depths of scenes and things like that. And this is where I'm going to come in and talk about Marvel. <laughs> mm. Because here's my problem, and I've talked at length before about my issues with Marvel, and we've talked about the Spider-Mans, and did we do an episode on um, Multiverse of Madness? We did. Oh, did we it? lost it. No, we didn't, did we? Yeah, we did. That was with oh, Leo. Oh, yeah, we lost it. We lost that one. Um, But I think it's interesting because when we watched Multiverse of Madness, I was done with Marvel, and I might have said this on another episode that actually did go up, because it can no longer reach the heights or it is trying to reach the heights of Endgame and it is failing. Yeah, well, we talked about so long ago. I know. Setting that bar, right? So when you make something and you make it a lot, um, so say that thing is quality right here, right? Or maybe like, yeah, well, quality is is down low, Um for people that are just listening and not watching. So quality is down Taylor low. for those who are listening and not watching. Great. Um, and you consistently upload content. Maybe like the content itself is good. So like you're talking about really good shit like we did. Um, and we were just doing audio. So that was our bar was we were doing audio with, with good content. Well, then eventually we added video. And so now our bar is up here, right? And so now that our bar is up here anytime that we don't do video and we go back to exactly where we were before even if you guys were content with how good the content was down here you guys will always kind of be upset or you'll think that in your heads you'll be like well why is it not what it is usually why is it not as good um because we set the bar up here and so now every time we make an episode we have to hit this bar or go above it um and so that's the idea of setting setting bars. You really were throwing me off with that the whole copying so thing. That was so funny. I thought it was good. Sorry, it was a visual bit. Yeah, but so I I don't I didn't like the the dire- I don't like the direction that Marvel's heading anywhere because it feels like they've hit the ceiling and they don't realize that they've hit the ceiling and so they're trying to use the same gimmicks and tactics that they've always used. Um, and I and we've talked about it at length, and 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 we will disagree. And you think that they are taking the the steps to try and lessen the action of it, or or however, um, or I maybe that was the you the had big issue. gripes. With I mean, I had a big gripes of madness. With every, yeah, and we won't get into all of that now because our our topic is action. But I just think it's interesting that I saw it in Multiverse of Madness and thought this isn't up to par anymore. This isn't what we're used to, and and what we're wanting to gain from this. And then I, a couple of people and some of our friends and some other people from work and things like that have seen the newest Marvel movie, Thor's Love and Thunder, and now they've said that they're done with Marvel. That was the last one. And so I just wanted to say that I called it before anybody else. I saw yeah. it in Multiverse of Madness that it's just kind of, it's it's plateaued. And so, but it, it yeah. And I was going to go somewhere else from that. 
and you were talking about emotional beats and, and the action of it. This is different than this isn't just an action film. But I wanted to briefly talk about Nope in the fact that I thought that they did a really good job, even though it was a horror film, of giving us this action, giving us this tension and this scare, and then giving us time to breathe. It was so interesting because I watched it with my brother and he didn't understand it. He had a couple of gripes with the movie and it was interesting to hear it from his perspective because he's not a cinema person and to hear why he didn't like the film or why it didn't resonate with him. And he talked about he didn't really get some of the side stories that were going on, side plot lines. And then he didn't understand the he's he, I can't remember the exact way that he phrased it. I think he said it felt wavy. It felt like our emotions were way up here, up high and then really down low and then really up high. But that's exactly not exactly what you want, but you want those highs and those lows at the same time. You want heavy, heavy action, and then you need a decent chunk of time in order to breathe. Mm -hmm. If you just have action throughout the whole movie, you're going to kill your audience or you're going to end up making them like extremely bored and nothing will have meaning. Yeah, because if you just if the if the movie is I've got stakes and then now the stakes are higher and then they're instantly higher and they're instantly higher. And it's just like this continual I mean, yes, we talk about rising action, right? And that shit where it like you you want your tension to rise as the story goes. But if you just if you're only rising the entire time and you're not giving the audience a chance to take in why it's important that the stakes be rising or mm. why it's important that we just did this thing, um, you're gonna lose your audience in just a plethora of like gunk and action and mm. them being tired of like, why are we still shooting people for We've been shooting people for the past 30 minutes. Can we just have a chance to not shoot people, please? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of action movies fall to that. Like, because because they're like, well, we just want to see people shoot. We want to do the big bombastic explosions and, and all that fun stuff. But that's not, not story. That's just action for action's sake. You know, you, you can tell an action story, but you at its at its root, it is an action story. You must have a story that can hold all of this action in it. And The Terminalist does a really good job of setting that with the revenge plot. Revenge is a really good way to to do action storytelling, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because. Um, I feel like that's a lot of what action does. A lot of their stories are revenge based. Because it's a way to resonate with the main mm -hmm. character, right? Because I have been wronged. I resonate as an audience member. I resonate with the person that has been wronged and I want them to do unto others what I cannot do to those who have wronged me, which is beat the shit out of them. <laughs> there is some catharsis that comes along with action movies and mm -hmm. not necessarily with guns. And we, we had an action episode a long time ago that we lost. Can you tell that we've lost a lot of episodes? Oh, we did. We did. I talked about Saving Private Ryan. And yeah. in that, I went on a whole spiel. That was actually like a two-hour thing and that we were going to divide up into two parts because by the end of it, we were talking about like gun violence and everything, and we were going to need to put like a trigger warning at the beginning of it. We lost mm, all of that. No, I don't think we lost that episode. Um, but we did it do an action went episode. Up. The, yeah, the one that you're talking, you're mixing that one with a different episode. Because um, we did an episode way back when on video games and violence and like violent media in general. And that's the episode that you're thinking of. That wasn't action? Okay. No, the action one, I talked about Sekiro and you talked about Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. But even before that, I feel like we, we've we attempted to do an action episode multiple times. At once every season. Yeah. And it's <laughs> here we are again. We're going to do it this time. When I talked about Saving Private Ryan, I went on a whole rant about how I don't like war movies. They're not my thing. And also just in general, action movies aren't my thing. 
Um, and especially, I don't like guns. I've never been a gun person. You can have whatever beliefs that you want to have, but personally, I do not like guns. And so I don't typically like that. And so when you have a movie, I'm not saying Saving Private Ryan is like that. I actually quite liked the movie, though I'll never watch it again. Um, I, when you have it that's purely just shooting at each other, it's, there's no, that you immediately cut me out of your audience because I don't need, I don't want to see any of that. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, you know, action movies aren't for everyone and the same way that not every story is for everyone. Like, you don't have to be interested in action. A lot of dudes are interested in action because because of that catharsis, right? Mm-hmm. There's that sort of, like, innate testosterone part of, of guys that's just like, I want to beat shit up. I just want to punch shit. Yeah, but now y'all have video games. So yeah. can we stop with the action in the, the media? Can we stop <laughs> Hollywood, please? <laughs> And I think there is has been a shift away from action uh, in in the past few years because I mean think about five years ago right we had like the James Bond movies Mission Impossible which is still kind of going on um, but then you had like war movie after war movie after war movie for like a while and it was just only action stuff and then we had like on top of that we had Marvel which was starting to take stride and it was all we really got was action movies. Um, but in recent years, we've kind of taken a shift away from that. I think at least Hollywood has. Um, and I haven't seen as many big blockbuster action pieces. Um, at least not as many as I remember seeing. Oh, or, I'm sure. No, yeah. back in the early 2000s or even, what do you call it, 2010s, I guess? is The teens. The teens. I hate that. I don't mm. know what to call that era. Um, that I remember going to theaters and that's all that you could see we're just purely it's it's spy flicks it's mission impossible it's oceans 11 it's like all of those are the remakes of them and mm-hmm. then all of the marvel movies i completely remember that and i was actually gonna look up right now as you keep talking um the movie theaters around us and what movies they're playing right now because i'll bet you still half of them are action-based that is probably a good thing because i think action is just something that people fall to because like it's a good way to create tension, right? And it's very broad. Yeah. I mean, it's another one of those genres that you can have action thrillers, action dramas, action romances. Mm-hmm. It's every kind of thing goes with it because there's always an inciting incident. There's an yeah, inciting Yeah, and maybe action. it's like action like itself is just the the thing that people throw into their stories. You know, is action necessarily just a flat genre, you know? Can Are we you consider asking? Yeah, well, I mean, just kind of like rhetorical but also not like can we can we because cons- i'm going to tell you the answer yeah. um like can we consider action itself like a genre in the same way we can sh- we consider like i don't know give, give me another genre horror mm-hmm. right um there's definitely more action movies than horror movies i didn't say that there weren't oh, okay but i'm just saying like genre wise is yeah. it because horror, we can think of like, this is a defined genre. Action, it's, uh, well, I guess it is still a genre because when you think of action, what comes to mind, right? Like gun, shooty, shooty, cars blowing Spies through. Spies yeah. and, yeah. So, um, but The Terminalist, uh, critics did not love it. Critics, I think on Metacritic, it was only like a 35%, but the audiences have adored it. It's gotten like 95, 90%. On Metacritic and what is the other one? Rotten Tomatoes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't look it up. I don't know. Uh, so that has to say something like, you know, maybe this movie wasn't made or this set, this piece wasn't made for like critics. You know, what what about the the cathartic, the ca- catharsism 
of watching these characters go through that makes us so interested or compelled to finish it because I remember watching it and I like we watched two episodes like my parents don't do this they don't binge shows Mm -hmm. right they just watch tv um but we watched like two episodes a night for like a week straight Mm -hmm. uh and then the the last episodes weren't out yet so we had to wait for a while to you know to watch each episode but um and I haven't really binged like you. I think I've said it on the podcast. I'm not a fan of binge culture. I think it sort of ruins a lot of what television had to offer. This you is know, be fun because this is also one of our episodes we'll be doing today. And mm-hmm. I disagree. I love binge culture. Um, but I think that I don't know. Like I just I, all that to say, I don't binge shit, and I binge the shit out of Terminalist. Um. Because it's just, it was so compelling, like the the narrative itself and the people that James Reese inter- interacts with and how they get drawn into his life and his revenge in the same way that we get drawn into his life and his revenge. Because so everyone seems so interested in what's going on with him um, within the story and then within the audience. And it's just, it was it was so, so narratively like, fulfilling it it was like i was eating a hearty meal every time i watched it like i just coming out of it i was like that was amazing fill me up again but another night you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's just it's good and i'm i don't want to spoil any of it like like genuinely it's only eight episodes hour long each so it's not particularly a long series um but it is it's phenomenal like we bought the book after we watched it and we're like i guess we're reading the book now so we're gonna Mm -hmm. take turns reading the book how, what else can I say about it? Like it's it it kicked ass, and I don't want to give away because like there's one one of the things is um, Reese is sick. I won't say with what, but uh, <gasps> like his his his. I could take a guess. <laughs> yeah, because um, he gets a concussion in the beginning, and so uh, mm-hmm. like that sort of perpetuates some some stuff. And like, does he know what he's doing? Is he is he just going actually going crazy? Is this all like in his head? Um, but one of the things that we can't figure out is when we were watching it, um, the screen or the video, the, 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 would sort of shake and, and shimmer sort of as if like it was, I call them warbles. Um, you know what I'm talking about? When like it, like, like ripples on, on the image. And okay. so it looked like it was shaking around him. Um, and we watched it on the TV and we're like, Oh, look at the warbles that, that and it's like some way to say, like, is is his head hurting or is like a visual way to represent mm. that? But then um, then we watched it um, the same episode on on our phones because we were like it, it was warbling at weird times mm-hmm. that like that Reese or Chris Pratt wasn't on the screen. Yeah. And apparently it 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 didn't warble. Apparently it was just our TV mm. fucking screen tearing or something yeah so we don't know what the fuck happened but that was part of like our draw into it we were like oh the warbles look at the warbles Mm -hmm. and then we were like what the (laughs) fuck is what is wrong with our television (laughs) put more warbles in your movies i mean honestly like because it was so good i think that people should like come i like that's something that i'm gonna use if i ever do something like this no like the to visually represent what it feels like to be like going insane or wondering that was such even though it's not actually like in the show or maybe it is i don't fuck it like i still don't know maybe the screen was too tiny and i couldn't see the warbles warbles? but like i'm pretty sure that it was just our tv being weird um 
but but it's such a, it was such an interesting way to visually represent the, the the insanity that we feel and sort of that tension that's within him to see mm-hmm. that shake the screen mm-hmm. um was, was really cool so more movies need to do that play with reality or play with the fourth wall in that sense of like if we're not just a stagnant camera watching whatever's happening or we're you know we are the fourth wall but that what we are seeing is being seen through the eyes of one of the characters that needs to happen way more often oh yeah playing with reality is so fun and especially in action movies because i don't think that happens much in action movies Uh, i think that yeah i think they should do it more in action movies because it's like you've got all of this crazy shit going on people are getting injured people are getting hurt um and concussions and shit and people are going crazy, mm-hmm. and and so you know your story has has space. Action movies, yes, you want some grounding to it, you know, because you want people to feel like it's a real person and not just some, or rather, a relatable person. Mm-hmm. But playing with reality is such a good way to to make your film or your piece stand out amongst all of the other mm-hmm. like just stereotypical action movies. Um, Because you can have a good story and shit, but like if you have a good story and this other guy's got a good story, what's going to put you above? Fucking warbles. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I think. No, that's I had things to say, and then you kept, and you you talked about warbles, and, and you so lost now it. now I don't know what I was going to talk about. Fucking, we can talk more about warbles. No, so I'm explaining. No, we're not. So, okay, exactly how like do the warble effect on on the episode right now? Oh God! There you go. Oh, now you have to do the edit. I have to fucking figure it out. <laughs> that's going to take forever. No, you you'll just, be fine. Are you forever? It'll take four evers. Four evers, and not just one, not two, not three, but four of the evers. That's too many evers, we right? Can't so have we should that. just not do that. No, I we're can gonna cut do it out. and we're gonna do it again right no, there. God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that is the best bit of giving Taylor more and more work to do. That's, I hate it. It's my least favorite bit because I have to do more work. <laughs> and there it goes again. Oh no, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry for everybody who's just listening and don't they don't get to enjoy the the terrible warbles that Taylor's gonna you, make. You do all You're this shit. Put just a word up on it that just says warbles. <laughs> you do this shit. Where like you're like I'm gonna put this in my hand and then I have to like track your hand <laughs> so I can follow where shit's going. It's awful. You suck, man. It's good. I'm trying to think of other action movies that I've liked and that I would watch again. And the only one that's really coming to mind is one that I watch with my dad all of the time, um, The Accountant, who that stars... Oh, uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah, and he's... Um, I, I've never actually seen it. Is, is he a hitman? What's the, what's, the, what's the story? He's an accountant. Hmm. <laughs> he's, he's not a hitman. He does the, the books and the accounting for big, like, mafia bosses because who are you going to get to do all of your, like, tax evasion stuff and make sure that... The people that are, when you sell money to the cartel, or when you sell drugs to the cartel, who's going to make sure that you got all the money that you agreed on? So he's the one that they hire to do all of that. Mm. And in the movie, he gets hired to for a big corporation to figure out where their money's going, because it's suddenly some of it's gone missing, and then he uncovers a big conspiracy and everything. But he's also trained as, not an assassin, but his dad was military, and so he knows how to like hurt people, and he was also in the military, and his brother was part of it. But the thing about it is that he was he's also autistic. I don't think they ever say that. He's he's somewhere on the spectrum, so I don't want to say just he's autistic. Mm-hmm. But that it's an interesting dynamic of seeing a character like that in an action film where they are forced to interact with other people and have to to be that like m- that front person, the the dominant one in the situation. Yeah. It was very interesting. And that one I'd keep watching or I'd watch again and again 
But because of the emotional turmoil that is going along through it, as much as there's action, as much as there's gun gunfights and people punching each other and blood everywhere and things like that, there's also this other story being tied in of him in childhood with his brother and how they got along through life. And so it was, I would watch that and I'm trying to think of, I, I think The Man from Uncle was another, the way that they went about telling this action film, having these low points of emotion and having this romance tied in along with it is what like kept me entertained through those action pieces. And it, it might just be who I am. I mean, again, I don't really like action movies, so I need that like deeper meaning within it to keep me entertained through those moments. The other thing was, because I, I looked up all of the movies that I was, I'm not going to read them all. We're, we're done with that bit. That was uh, 10 minutes ago. But Top Gun Maverick, that was also a really good movie and a really good action movie as well. I definitely sat, see that one again. For the reasons I don't know, I just like that my chair wobbled when the jet engines went on. <laughs> I, I didn't see Top again. Gun Maverick. My you dad didn't. No, I mean he, I I didn't seen Top Gun. Why would I watch the sequel? Um, you don't have to see the first one to get the second one because I hadn't seen the first one in years. My mom was obsessed with it, and so the second one. I mean, it does the whole not the whole, but it recaps you at the very beginning. It's very exponition. Exponition. Exponitioning. Because that was the word I was going to try and say. Expositioning. Yeah. Which that still isn't a word, but it is a lot. A lot of people just talking about. Oh, you remember the good old times? When oh we God, did that's my least thing. favorite, man. <laughs> Do you remember the good old days? Yeah, that's such a cop out for writing. Do you remember when we shot up that bank and we stole all of that money and it was a big old heist? Yeah. Anyway, this is the second movie in the trilogy. I don't know. I like the idea, and this just came to me, the idea of like an emotional battlefield. I think that's the connection that I'm drawing between all of these movies. Again, I liked Maverick because it made my chair all wobbling when the jet engines went on. And warbles. And warbles will get you. Warbles and wobbling. It's, that's what you got to put in your movies, more people. Um, but the emotional sticks that went with it as well, because in Top Gun Maverick, he's reaching the end of his career in whatever the flight school in Top Gun is. And so is he's it not Top Gun. It is. I know. But I think there's a different name. I mean, it is Top Gun. But what is the the thing called? It's like flight aviation training or something. I did, again, I Listen, will say I, have not here, seen... I was just trying. Anyways, if you watch Top Gun, you know what I'm talking about. But he's kind of towards the end of his career and he's trying. He doesn't want to get out of the game, but everyone's telling him he has to get out of the game and he has to be OK with like passing on this legacy to the new recruits and everything that comes along with that. And so I like this idea of an emotional battlefield as much as we're having action on screen and planes flying and guns blazing and people getting hit and punched. You also have like these people have really deep emotions and they have to let go of something or they have to realize this is who they are. This is what they were meant to be. Or this is just the stakes and the romance and, and everything like it's all higher and it's, they, they have to admit something to themselves that they never wanted to admit before, as well as facing these physical obstacles. I think it's interesting. No, that's really good. That's, that's a really, really good way to put it. Um, that cricket just chirp? No, I think somebody's in that other room and they just moved something. Oh, it definitely sounded like a, we have a cricket, a friend cricket that is... We have to, if you're going to mention the cricket, we have to give him a name. Now. I did. I, I did. I think I was going to name him... Um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah? Because <laughs> I, I was walking over was to grab the, the um, actually, Jeremiah was a cricket. Thank you. Uh, was it Bullfrog? Go ahead. You don't talk Jeremiah about? was a cricket. No. Was a good friend of mine. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, don't make me look this up right now. 
Okay, so he's Jeremiah. What's the dead one called? Because there's a dead one back here, what too. Is, we got more dead bugs. What are, this place is infested with crickets. Oh, my God. That's a that's a that's a good action movie. We should make that where it's like a cricket infestation, and people that'd be are... such easy footage to get. We just walk around. You yeah, just walk around the building. It'd be <laughs> so just, quick. It's easy. Yeah, no, no special effects. Easy feature just actual, film. You know, actual crickets. Um, no crickets were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> I don't know if we could make that promise. There's a dead cricket. Well, we right didn't there. kill it. That's fair. That's fair. I in the making of the it movie. It was yeah. No. It was already crickets there. Crickets exactly. have been harmed in the past, but not by yeah. us. We just filmed them afterwards. Exactly. Um. Fuck. We should make a cricket action movie now. So let's let's sum it up. If we made a cricket action movie, what would it need? Fucking warbles. <laughs> and wobbles. Yeah. Um no, so I mean we're making a cricket action movie. So mm-hmm. it needs to have a character that we can relate to. Okay. It needs Already to have Already off. This is a great start. He's a cricket. Yeah. D- goddamn. If, if <laughs> I thought it was us versus the crickets. Oh, is it's it not, us versus the crickets? That's what I thought oh, it would be. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Never yeah, mind. because like the crickets are the enemy. It's you're a, they're right, infesting. They're, they're the not infestations. supposed to be. Here. You're right. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, so you have to have a character that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. You have to have uh, room for your characters to breathe and for the audience to breathe. And you have to have fucking warbles out the wazoo. If it's not warbling, I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. And we need the emotional <laughs> battlefield. Yes, and an emotional battlefield. Heart to heart with, with, with the, the crickets. crickets. So maybe at the end you find out that the crickets were a metaphor for us, and we're the the and the, we like the humans are like the humans destroying the world. But then when you're destroying the world, you're also destroying the humans. That's actually pretty good. I mean, I I don't say I'm a master storyteller <laughs> okay. out loud all the time, but like, but God when damn, I do, when I do, I make sure I record it. Yeah, it's gotta be on. It's gotta be recorded and put on the internet for everyone to hear. So let's move on to some recommendations. Everything um, that I, I wanted to, to, to I, I told myself that I would um, save one of the things because I mentioned many things for the recommendations, um, but I didn't. I pick didn't pick do one that. you didn't talk about a whole lot, and then be like, I'll just th- throw that out. Maybe who knows? Maybe I'll cut it out for you so you didn't mention it until now. Um, I'm actually I have another one here. I'm gonna mention, and I think this was another recommendation. We talked about this before for a different reason for comedy. I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna say Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, I guess that is kind of action. It's war. Yeah. No, should I do something else? I mean, it's. I'll find another action more, movie. It's more comedy. Taylor's made me feel uncomfortable now. I, that is what I am best at. Um, I don't watch a lot of action movies. Just, pay, just fucking be like, I one of the three I talked about. No, you don't I have to like find I a do new that one all the time. I do that all the time. You talk about your recommendation. Okay, so I'm going to be recommending Bullet Train. It's not a perfect movie by any means. Um, it was released this year. I'm not, a lot of the action movies I've seen have been in recent years because uh, for the past five years I've been watching only anime. Um, so yeah, Bullet Train is uh, it's a film set in Japan, sort of like a like a. Almost a Neo-Tokyo kind of thing. Um, it's super stylized. It stars Brad Pitt, and it's kind of like an ensemble movie, but it, it's about a bunch of hitmen trying to retrieve a case while they're all stuck on a bullet train, and the case is, like, full of money. Um, and so it's got a lot of, 
you know, hand-to-hand combat fights. Um, and the fights are really well coordinated and it's actually pretty funny. Um, but like I said, the movie's not perfect. It has a couple of flaws and a couple of things that if I had directed it, I would have done different. But it's a great movie to watch. It's a fun time. And that's that's what I went in for was a fun time. Um, and so it's it's a good movie to watch to be like, that did a lot of things good. Now, what would I do better? Um, so it's it's a uh, bullet train. I don't know who's directed it. Um, hey, Siri, who directed bullet train? No, you opened my Siri. I didn't say it out loud. I'll try it again. Um, hey, Siri, who directed bullet train? Here's what I found from Digit and Bullet Train is directed by David Leach. David Leach. So, yeah. It's got a killer soundtrack, too, because it's a, it's a lot of pop songs, but it's all the Japanese versions of the pop songs mm-hmm. um, because it's set in Japan. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really good. And I love the the whole shtick. Like, the main character has a shtick where he's unlucky, but he's also, like, really lucky in other ways. Um, and so that sort of fun, like, good karma, bad karma kind of thing. Um, it wasn't explained super well, and that's one of the flaws, I think, of the movie, is that they're like, well, he has bad luck, but then he also has ridiculously good luck at the same time. And so they, the, the, not ex, the non-explanation of that was something that was a little annoying, I think, narratively. Um, but, but the, like, it does plenty of things right and plenty of things good. So it's, it's a fun time. So I say go see Bullet Train. It has something in my eye. Oh, I thought you were, like, mad because I talked after you put your phone down. No, you, no, you're no, like, you're good. I was just <laughs> taking a pause before I try and gear up to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to recommend. I watched this a long time ago, so bear with me. I do. I, it's honest. It's a genuine recommendation. Jack Ryan. Because you talked about um, the terminal list, which was by something Carr, right? Uh, Tom uh, Jack Carr. Jack uh, Jack Carr. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so I've I've seen his books. They're popular sellers um, and at the bookstore that I work in. And then um, Jack Ryan is also a best-selling like book series, but it's by Tom Clancy. Yeah, Tom Clancy. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, a lot of his books have been turned into video games. Yeah. No. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Rainbow Six Siege. Um, Didn't he also? He was the guy in um, Detroit Become Human, no? No, it's Clancy Brown. Never mind. I knew Clancy was in there somewhere. Anyways, I watched Jack Ryan when I was a freshman in college, I believe, and then I stayed with it for the first two seasons. I haven't watched it recently, but what I liked, it's definitely kind of along the same lines of The Accountant, where this guy, he's in charge of like the CIA's money stuff whatever you count an an accountant and he sees that there's money laundering going on or there's some kind of money's transferring incorrectly or money's going missing over in the middle east and so then he is tasked from going from a desk job into going out into the field to try and figure out what is going on it was very interesting and it's also a really good example of like cat and mouse and like what you're talking about the plot structure of okay well here's your story and inciting incident and then there's a twist and now there's a new question that we have to find and then there's another twist and a new question that we have to answer and so it's the same thing it's um you said that yours was on amazon prime right yeah so is so this, is this uh, one this yeah. one's on amazon prime and so it seems like they have a lot in common and i would highly recommend at least the first two seasons of it because i and then i think it kind of falls off they get too much into the romance by that point and mm. then it's like what are we doing here this was supposed to be I wanted to know how he stops the bad guys. Yeah, but it's got John Krasinski. That's what I forgot to say. He has John Krasinski. And he's great. And he's also a great director. Like, yeah. 
You got a little meh on that? Well, I haven't seen Quiet Place Part 2, which I did, I heard wasn't great, so. I mean, it was stuck in development and held during COVID. Yeah. So, you can't blame I'm sure them. there was a lot of but, issues. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us on this intellectual journey, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. One down, three to go. We'll be okay. That was one of the hardest ones. Yeah, I think so. But I think we pulled it together. By the end. We did. By the end of I mean, after we changed the battery, I thought it was much better than where we started. Thank you.